All right, everyone. Welcome to JPR's Priority Status. This is Sarah Evans, one of the partners here at J Public Relations. And I am here with Kim Marie Evans, also known as Luxury Travel Mom. And Luxury Travel Mom is here today, and she's going to tell us how to travel like a VIP even when you may not be. So welcome, Kim Marie. Thank you, Sarah. It's fun to be here. We're so happy to have you. Full disclosure, Kim Marie has many fans within our agency, and I personally am a Kim Marie super fan in life and in work, and have been following her for many years. I've had the pleasure of traveling with her and knowing her as a friend and someone amazing in the industry. So we could not be more thrilled that you're going to tell us how to travel like a VIP because if anyone can, it is you. Well, I want to say that I think Luxury Travel Mom probably got started with my obsession that there had to be better rooms in the hotels, better seats in the airplane, and I just couldn't go to sleep at night not knowing whether or not I was in the best room that I could possibly be in. And so I started writing about the travel industry, and it's been a really fun ride. I write for my own blog, LuxuryTravelMom.com, and I am also the travel editor for Greenwich Magazine. And what year did you start all of this? I probably base everything on my children's ages, and Keaton was about four years old. So that would be about eight years ago was when I first launched my blog, back when blogs were really clunky and barely anyone used them, and nobody had even heard of a podcast. So I've been doing it for a long time now, but I've been traveling since long before I started writing about it. Tell us about your history with travel. You know, I think people who are obsessed with travel are born that way, and I've always traveled, but having four kids in seven years really sort of put a dent in that, and when Keaton got to be about four years old, I thought, this this is it, he's big enough, we're going, and I started just booking trips, and my husband would always say, well, I don't know if I can get the time off work, and I realized that if I waited for him, I might be waiting forever, so I would book the rest of us, and I would send him the itinerary and say, you know, this is where we'll be. Hopefully you can meet us. And it's funny how quickly he was able to to get the time off. But there were a lot of times that I was traveling alone or he would fly in after we got there. He would leave before we were headed out and I would really travel alone with four small children. And people started asking me advice. How do you do that? How does that work? And that's where Luxury Travel Mom was born. I know this is not the premise of our podcast today, What tips do you have for traveling for small children? I have traveled a lot, as you know, with my two small children, but typically I'm with my husband as well. So there's two on two. How do you do four on one? It's, It's never pretty. You buy a seat for every single person in the family. Never fly with a baby on your lap. I don't care how much money it's saving you. It is never worth the stress take a car seat with every child because they're used to being in a car seat. So when you put them in the car seat on the plane, they actually generally fall asleep. I also always tried to travel during times that were their natural sleep times. The best traveling partner is a sleeping traveling partner. And what did you do about rooms? How, when they were small, now, you know, your children range from 12 to, how old is Macy? 20. She's 20. 
did you get two rooms? Were you all in one large room? We what were, did you do? We were always in a room together. And it's amazing how many children are small, Sarah. I just did a stay at the ranch at Laguna Beach. And when I looked in my closet, it was huge. And I posted a picture on Instagram and I said, look, how many babies do you think you could sleep in here? And so many of my followers admitted that they also put babies to sleep in the closet, which sounds cruel, but it's not. If you've got a nice large closet, it's dark, it's quiet, you can put a baby in there in a little baby seat. We would bring blow-up beds, like the little tiny Dora blow-up bed fit in a suitcase, and we would blow it up for the two-year-old. Boom, you've got two kids down. I've put babies to sleep in the bathroom. Bathrooms are usually really That's big incredible. in hotels, and it's a dark place. So you put the baby, because get it's the hardest one is always getting the baby to sleep. I have a question. So when you do that, do you go to sleep when the kids go to sleep? Or what do you do in that case? It's, I would listen to things on headphones because it needs to be quiet and dark. So I would find a way because they they want to go to bed at, you know, six o'clock at night. So the room you has to be to go to dark bed. and quiet. I'm willing to get into bed at six o'clock at night <laughs> on a vacation <laughs> if my children will sleep. It is a sacrifice I happily make. And your children, being the children of luxury travel mom, have been accustomed to traveling like a VIP. All of us that follow you on Instagram and know you, um, what would your kids say in terms of how do you travel like a VIP with luxury travel mom? Because I know it's not always Dora blow-up mattresses with, with the Evans family. I always say that luxury is being with your family and enjoying the time that you're together. I think the luxury audience wants one of two things. They either want a really high-end, fabulous experience or a really authentic experience. So if you're staying in a cabin, it doesn't mean you're gonna have high thread count sheets and you know incredible turndown service, but you're gonna have you know the great outdoors wherever you are and a really very authentic experience is what the luxury audience wants. And my kids, I do have to say, when we have stayed at hotels that don't have bellmen, they are very confused about the concept of rolling their own suitcases up to the hotel room. They're like, but where's the guy? <laughs> I'm like, today, you, are the, are the, you are the guy. But as they get older, they do realize that they have traveled in a way that's not normal. And it doesn't make them spoiled. It makes them very aware. And they're appreciative. It's, it's really, it's not what I thought it would be. I was worried that I was raising children who would be obnoxious. So far, so good. No, I think that that's amazing and telling them every step of the way how fortunate they are to be having this experience, whether it is wheeling their own suitcase up to a three-star hotel (laughs) or maybe going somewhere that's glamping in Montana, as I know you've taken your family as well. Yeah, my kids do love that. So you mentioned, you know, what the luxury audience wants. What makes you feel like a VIP and what does the luxury travel mom audience, what are you seeing really makes them feel like a VIP, whether it's at a hotel or on an airline or on a trip? That is such a good question because I think what makes you feel like a VIP is different for every person. And I often tell people who are asking for marketing marketing advice, the luxury audience isn't interested in a discount. They're interested in extras. And they're willing to pay rack rate, and then they get the extras. And for some people, that's getting upgraded to a better room 
or a welcome amenity when you arrive, a fruit and cheese plate, chocolate-covered strawberries, champagne in your room, or having the front desk staff know your name, or it's being offered a free breakfast every morning, or a lot of hotels, depending on who you book through, you'll get $100. If you stay at the Plaza in New York and you book through a virtuoso agent, you get $100 food and beverage credit. So I took my daughter there and we ate steak in bed and we felt like serious VIPs. Like what's better than that? There there are some tricks that hotels have that I don't fully understand. We all wanna be recognized. When I walked into your office, you have this really cute light board on the front desk and it says, welcome to JPR, Kim Marie. It's so simple. I felt really special. I felt like a VIP. And so hotels don't always have to spend a lot of money to make you feel like a VIP. People want to be noticed. They want to be treated like they're a little special. You know, when you say that, one of the things I think that luxury travel mom, you make your readers feel special. It's that connection. You connect with your readers and they are liaising with you, whether it's by email or on your blog about you're always giving inside tips and tricks. And I feel like that's that level of luxury that Luxury Travel Mom is providing, similar to a hotel. I appreciate that. And I think a lot of blogs end up being um, sort of like a like a summer, like, you know, project when you came back to school and you had to write your report, what I did this summer. And so I'll read blogs that say, well, and then I checked in and then they took me to my room. And and it's all about the person who wants to read that. Nobody. I want to tell you how you can do it. This is what, this is what a hotel will do for you. This is how you can enjoy this. These are activities that you'll enjoy with your children because I want to make it about the reader Mm -hmm. and what they can do. Because I think think that the best thing you can do with your children is to travel with them. Not just so that they can see the world. My kids don't even remember some of the trips that they've been on, but it's our special time together. And it's time that isn't spent, you know, driving carpool or making dinner or breaking up sibling fights. And I did some research on this for a magazine story I recently wrote, and they've done research and you make long-term memories by doing something new that you've never done before. That's why you can remember when you and your husband met, it was something new, or the first time that your daughter did something, it it actually, it encodes in your brain differently. But I I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday, and I'll bet you can't remember what you ate for lunch. I can remember the exact feeling of driving on the highway in Hawaii with my then 10 year old son. He had, it was our mommy and me 10 year old trip. He couldn't even see over the dash of the Mustang. And we were both wearing lays that we'd gotten from the Four Seasons front desk. And the wind was blowing and we were making up this silly song. And we still talk about it. It's one of our favorite memories. I've driven that kid hundreds of thousands of miles that I don't remember. We both remember that. You both remember that moment. What's the mommy and me 10-year-old trip? When each child turns 10, they get to go on a trip, just them and just me, and they get to choose where to go. So not surprisingly, my daughter went to Paris, and that is also a a trip we still talk about. It was one of her favorite trips, and the first thing she said to me at our lunch, she looked at me and said, Mommy, 
the food is so much better here. I was like, yes, you totally get Paris. I'm so proud of you. But now that my youngest is 12, I'm thinking of doing another milestone. And I've written about this on my blog. I've written, I was interviewed by the Wall Street Journal about the trend of traveling with just one child because it allows you that time to bond with just that child. And different families do it for different milestones. For some, it's when the child turns 18. Some families do it every year. And it's, you know, it's whatever you can afford. But a lot of parents said, well, I feel guilty taking one and not the other. But if you're always taking all of them, you're never really enjoying any of them separately. Mm-hmm. What would be your next milestone trip that you're thinking of? Well, my 20-year-old daughter would say it definitely needs to be a 21-year-old trip. <laughs> 20. So I, we have been talking about trying to get to Southeast Asia, and we want to go to an elephant sanctuary. How incredible. Wouldn't that be amazing? How incredible. I think that you should do it. My 21-year-old trip was spring break in Cancun, Mexico. So, um, and how much of it do you remember? I, not much, unfortunately. <laughs> Actually, fortunately, I definitely was not VIP status. But it doesn't. It doesn't have to be an expensive trip either. A trip where it's just you and just the child. It can be that you. It's really went, about the time and the connection, the time, and, and it's doing something new. So whether that's, you know, the both of you, it's the first time that you're going to go to this amusement park or to go swimming or to go to this lake. My kids and I have learned to do a lot of things together that we've never done before, whether that's, you know, skiing deep powder or, you know, water skiing, things like that, where when you learn something new together, it really, it's very bonding and very memorable because I think that's what we all really want from our children's childhood is memories mm-hmm. because you can't keep them at home forever but you want to you want to remember some of it you can't remember all of it and the nostalgia of yes. learning something new together or we were talking this weekend we want to see turtles being released yeah you know turtle hatching and release which i've seen alone before with groups at hotels for work but with my kids i would love i would love to see that but that's Free. That doesn't it's free. cost anything. It's and totally free. I remember when we were in Turks and Caicos and it was springtime and we had an app on the iPad that would tell you like the celestial bodies and my son, who's very smart, said that's the Southern Cross and we all said that that can't be because it only did it and we pulled it up and sure enough there's a there's a period of time during these months when you're in this position that you can see the Southern Cross. And we all stood outside together as a family and saw it. And we remember that. That was those free. Are, that's true VIP experience it right there. It really is. So switching gears for a minute, one of the things you write about a lot is Disney. And who doesn't love Disney and talk about memories and nostalgia. It is the height of all of that. And to do Disney as a luxury traveler... I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and then also some ways that you can get VIP'd through through Disney, whether it's the parks or Adventures by Disney or the cruise line. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear about that because you're, everyone's going to Disney no matter you what. You have to go to Disney. What it's, age? it's a rite of passage. 100%. We love Disney, and it's a lot of it is driven by my youngest son, who's Disney obsessed. But I think a lot of people view Disney through the lens of looking at the parks on their worst day. 
and they think, oh, Disney, it means standing in lines. Disney has a lot of products that people don't know about. They do Adventures by Disney, which are these extraordinary family vacations. We went on one to Costa Rica. We're going to Ireland with them this summer. And because they're Disney, Disney is a juggernaut. Like, I think Disney might be the Illuminati, to quote my boys. (laughs) Like, they're always focused on the Illuminati. They can get you things like access to the Vatican when it's closed. You know, they get these these experiences you can't get. You can't buy it. I don't care how much money you have. You cannot buy this experience. But Disney can get you in. The Disney Cruises, also extraordinary. Their service is like nothing I have ever seen. The only part of Disney that can be a challenge is when you're doing the parks. And that's when you really have to do a little bit of research and be smart about it. And you need to work with somebody that can help you book all of the special access, whether that's meeting Mickey Mouse. Do you know he talks if you meet him at the Town Square Center? It's pretty spectacular. Or the Cinderella breakfast where you're going to meet Cinderella. There are all sorts of things you can do. You can book um, a cruise on Bay Lake in Orlando, see the fireworks from a boat. It's only like $300. And so you're out on this boat, under the stars, there's food, there's drink, you're watching the fireworks, there's nobody jostling you. That's VIP right there. Who do who would you book through to do these experiences? You really need a really good travel agent. People are always surprised when they find out, I use a travel agent. My travel agent, TMB Travel in Kansas City, Kansas, does all of my bookings. And I found him years ago on Twitter. I would tweet about something, and he always had a better answer. I was like, okay, buddy, you're so smart. So what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm a travel agent. And I said, well, what's that going to cost me? Because everybody thinks a travel agent costs money. Even I thought a travel agent costs money. And he said, well, it depends on what you use me for. If you book a hotel, it doesn't cost you anything because he makes his commission from the hotel. If you do a long, convoluted, you know, intricate itinerary, he'll charge you a planning fee, and it's worth every penny. He also books all of my flights. Once you've had one missed flight because the flight was canceled, you didn't see it coming, and you weren't protected on a future flight, whatever they're charging you to book your flights is worth every penny. And he's a virtuoso agent, and he's affiliated with all of the other specialty VIP programs, the Belmont Bellini Club, the Four Seasons Preferred Partners, Mandarin Oriental. So they all of these brands have these special networks where you can get all sorts of VIP treatment, and it doesn't cost you anything. If he books you a hotel room at the plaza in New York, you're going to get early check-in if it's available, an upgrade if it's available, which it almost always is. You're gonna get $100 food and beverage credit, a welcome amenity, free breakfast, and a late checkout, all for the same price that you would pay if you went online and booked it yourself. That's incredible. Don't ever book things yourself, and please, please stop booking on discount sites. Book on a discount site if you're a discount traveler because you're going to get the worst room. They save those for people who book on discount sites. It's so true. And if you don't book through an agent, at least go directly to to the the hotel. hotel. So go, if you're booking a St. Regis or a courtyard, go to Marriott.com rather than a third party. Yes. And the Mandarin Oriental is one of the few that has a fan club that anybody can join. 
So you can join, book the Mandarin yourself, and then you get a choice of a couple of amenities, one of which is a room upgrade or a special treat. And so the virtuoso amenities differ from hotel to hotel. So some of them, the Greenwich Hotel, my favorite hotel in Tribeca. Have you the stayed best, there? Yes. I'm obsessed with this hotel. It gives you a hundred dollar spa credit. So you go get a massage for free. So and that's using a virtuoso agent doesn't cost you anything. It's a bit like American Express. Annie fine Fitzsimmons, and, who was on here, oh, mentioned was she on vir- here? She was on here and mentioned virtuoso. Tell us for anyone who didn't listen to that podcast, just quickly, what is Virtuoso? So Virtuoso is a network of agents and a network of hotels. You can't be a Virtuoso hotel unless you pass their inspection. So if they have Virtuoso status, you know it's a good hotel. And an agent can't be a Virtuoso agent unless they are a great agent who does a certain volume of bookings. And it's really easy to find. You can go on Virtuoso.com and they have like a whole little thing where you can put in, you know, what kind of age, you know, do you do a lot of family travel and do you do this? And they'll match you with a Virtuoso agent. Would you be able to do that for Disney too, finding a Virtuoso agent? Or how would you find an agent who specializes in Disney? There are a lot of agents who special, everybody seems to specialize in Disney. I like to work with one agent who knows you, knows your family, and you know that they're gonna get it right every time. And then have them do, when we went to Disney, Tim, I couldn't get a reservation at Cinderella's Castle. And I was so frustrated. And I said, Tim, can you do this? Next thing I know, I had a Cinderella's Castle reservation in my inbox. And that's what's important for you to feel like That's what's important, yes. You know, one of the things, we went to Disney twice last year, and I hadn't been since 1985, I believe, oh my prior to this past year. I was, you know, eight when I went the last time. And we stayed at the Four Seasons Orlando, but they have a, I think it's called the Parks and Resorts Desk. And I think yes. Disney Resorts have them, and then also, I believe, Four Seasons has one. Yes. And the person who was working at that desk was incredible and helped me so much navigate Cinderella's Royal Table and those those types of things because I was definitely a Disney novice and having that person and I don't think you have that obviously at every hotel so just another side note for Disney well, and Disney is great I mean literally you pick up and you dial 407 WDW dine and they will help you make reservations but it's only you know they can only give you what's available Mm-hmm. And you might only want to call them once, but a good agent will keep doing it until they can get you the reservation. What's the most VIP experience you've had at Disney? Oh my gosh. Well, I just got lucky, obviously, because I'm press. Also, I get invited on media trips, and they took me to Disneyland, which was where I went when I was seven years old and is still the most magical place on earth. And they now have this dinner party. It's a private dining experience in the home that was built for Walt and Lillian Disney. And it's over like the Pirates of the Caribbean in the New Orleans sector. And you would never know it's there. And there are butlers. And the head chef came from Auberge de Soleil in Napa. And the food that they fed us and the way that the the butler came from, um, he'd worked for the Sultan of Brunei. 
Oh, wow. Like, no, I cannot tell you how spoiled we were. And it was this amazing dinner. And then at the end of the dinner, what we kind sat. of training do you have to go through for that? I don't even know. So I was sitting on the veranda, like watching the fireworks, and people are like on the sidewalk below, like getting jostled, eating stale popcorn. And the butler's asking me if I would like my coffee refilled in my china cup. It was amazing. And it's it's not cheap, but it is something that the public can buy. And I think Disney doesn't often really advertise their really luxury and VIP options, but they have a lot of them. You just have to do the research or send me an email. Castle, or is that a myth? You can't sleep in the castle. They give it away. And they do it for like Make-A-Wish and at conferences. I've been there when they draw somebody's name out of the hat. I dream of that. Have you ever read Kingdom Keepers? No. Okay, Kingdom Keepers is a whole set of books. And it starts with these kids who are in the park at night. And it's like this whole fantastical story set. Like the crazy mixed up files of Mrs. Basilie Frankweiler where the kids sneak into. Like I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to sneak and stay overnight in the American museum here in New York and like hide my clothes in my violin case like I fantasize about Disney don't listen but like sneaking in and like staying the night like I wonder how many people have tried to do that a luxury travel mom VIP Disney experience yeah exactly hide in the bathroom with me until all the security is gone and see if we can stay all night (laughs) we have luxury travel mom (laughs) in the park at two o'clock in the morning um so when you're at Disney and you're at these luxury hotels, how important is tipping, whether it's a bellman or housekeeping or, you know, do you tip a front desk agent who's going to give you an upgrade? How important is tipping? Tipping is everything in life. And I find that a, at a good tip up front with a kind request will get you a lot of places. The best place to spend your tip money is in a busy hotel with the pool staff. How many times have you seen people get up at 6 a.m. and race down to the hotel pool to like lay their stuff out on the chairs so that they can get the seats that are near the baby pool or near the shallow end or are near the beach? $20 the night before to the pool staff and you say, I would like these four chairs tomorrow morning. Those chairs will be yours and you do not have to get out of bed early. That's the best tipping money I've ever spent. And then housekeeping. First of all, housekeeping always works behind the scenes. And I feel like as a woman, it's always a female profession. And people often don't tip when other people can't see them. So housekeepers don't always get tipped. I tip housekeeping well and I write a thank you note. And it's amazing, especially if it's really good products. I'm a sucker for really good hotel shampoo and soap. You'll get extra soap. They do an extra good job with your room. And it just, it feels so nice to come back to a perfectly appointed room because nobody else cleans my house but me. Nobody else even picks their socks up off the floor. And dependent upon this tip. I tipped at a small hotel in Lawrence, Kansas. I was visiting my daughter at college. It was like a, it's a Marriott uh, Town Place Suites. It's the nicest hotel in Lawrence, and that's, you know, not the greatest. And I left her a $10 tip, and I came back later that day, and I actually posted this on Instagram. She had written me a note and said, thank you so much for the tip. This is more than I make in an hour. I'm a single mother with two children. I want you to know I appreciated it. I started crying because I felt awful that I hadn't tipped more and that clearly other people aren't tipping. 
and I posted it on Instagram and I got a huge amount of response. I wish everybody knew, you know, the bellman, God bless him. Everybody knows to tip him for carrying your bags. How long does it take him? Mm -hmm. But this woman's cleaning your toilet and she's making your life better. That's the time when you're in a hotel, it feels amazing to come back to a clean room every day. And she does that for you. Tip her. I know. It's a hard job. It's a really it's hard a job. It's a really hard job. And because they're not standing there with their hand out, people often don't tip. Do you tip during the day? And then if you're staying at a hotel that offers turndown, do you tip a turndown as well? I try, If I see them, I'm not the best about trying to get both of them. It depends. I always do. I don't, I'm just curious. Only because I worry that sometimes it's someone different well that's why I tip every day I tip every single day and then if I see them it turned down I tip them but you're right it probably is a completely different staff person that's not. doing I mean a lot of these down. people are working long hours too, they really are so um no I think the tipping is really interesting and it's still one of those misnomers about the travel industry where people don't exactly know when to tip and how much to tip and there are articles out there that you know pretty much say the same thing but I wish everyone would read them because I don't think that people really do understand or know that how much someone's livelihood depends on and a concierge can make magic happen for you tip the concierge when you're asking for things like tickets to a sold-out show a great table at a restaurant getting you you know a rental antique car they have a lot of connections and you know they also have limited time who are you going to put most effort towards the person that's taking care of you it's not that they won't do the work but if you're up against somebody else who's taking up their time that's tipping them well you're not going to get the same service so when you talk about getting good service are there ways to get upgraded at a hotel or on an airline if you haven't booked through an agent and you know maybe you didn't book the exact seat you wanted and the class you wanted or the room you wanted are there ways when checking in to try to get that upgrade always makes me think of that friends episode where the couple in front of them got upgraded because it was their honeymoon and then they started pretending it that it was their honeymoon (laughs) but they didn't get upgraded you know the days of like dressing snappy and showing up at the airport and having them upgrade you because you're a snappy dresser are so long gone but A lot of upgrades are sold late, and you can ask when you're checking in. Sometimes an upgrade to you might be just moving forward in the plane, Mm -hmm. getting a window seat, upgrade to, you know, the economy premium class. JetBlue, their mint service is insane, and it goes, you know, east coast to west coast. Fully live flatbeds, awesome food, a down comforter, this box full of treats, and it's a couple thousand dollars. If, you know, if I was flying to LA tomorrow and I wanted to book it, it would cost me a couple thousand dollars. I've bought it at the check-in, at the ticket counter for $500. That's incredible. When it's not sold, some money's better than no money. And I've had that happen at other airlines and hotels also sell upgrades. And so always ask at the front desk. You you get a hundred... You get 100% of what you don't ask for. So if you don't ask, you you get nothing. So if you're asking for something at a check-in desk for an airline, would you ever tip an airline? I would not tip an airline, and I wouldn't tip at a front desk because these are classy places. I would totally do it at Vegas. 
You can throw money around and get anything you I want do in think Vegas. That there probably anything. Are some places oh that yes, are you work. absolutely can. And I mean, I've read the stories. There's a great book called Concierge Confidential and Heads in Beds. And it was a guy who worked yes, in New well, York that's what I was asking. who would I talk read about. His book I've never and he had, talked about. He talks about people dropping the, front the money. Desk. I've always booked with an agent or had, you know, access, but I would absolutely, you know, hand them $20 and say, you know, anything you can do to get me into, you know, a room on a higher floor with a little more space would be so gratefully appreciated. And if you hand them a hundy, you know, you're going straight to the best suite, but you don't say, you know, I'm paying you for an upgrade. You say, I would really appreciate your help in, you know, making my experience as good as possible. I ask for everything. Do you have something with a higher floor? Do you have something with more light? Do you have something with a little more space? Do you have club level access? I just keep asking until somebody gives me something to shut me up because there's a lot that they can give you. And if you're nice, they want you to be happy. Everybody wants a happy customer. No, I, Annie and I talked about this too. It's being nice gets being you nice gets you everywhere. everywhere, everywhere, and especially in the hotel industry. You know, you think of these people, whether it's housekeeping or front desk or management. So much of what they're hearing is complaints. Yes. They're not saying thank you. I love my room. Yes, you know, how's your day going? And so I think that going out of your way to be nice is something that they're not really getting. Well, and reach out to them on social media before you go. I'm so excited to be going to Paws Up in Montana. I love the property. I'm so excited about trying this. And then they know you're coming. And when you're there, throw a shout out, throw up a picture, figure out, you know, do they have a hashtag? Every hotel has, Four Seasons has their photography hashtag. Every hotel has a hashtag. Compliment them on social media. Tell them how much you're loving what they're doing. Oh, it's so true. I mean, this is the world today that, you know, pre-2009 didn't really... True. And most people just wait to complain on social media. You know, why didn't I get into my room when I was... And nobody, honestly, when somebody's complaining, what's your, what, when somebody complains at you, don't you just kind of want to make their life worse? When somebody starts complaining at me, I just, it makes me meaner. It makes you meaner. shut down. It makes me meaner. It doesn't make me want to do anything nice for them. So, you know, you praise in public, complain in private. You know, reach out to the general manager and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having an issue that I'm really hoping you can help me with. And I just, you know, I wanted to ask you privately. And they appreciate that. Don't, don't go on Twitter and blast them. do you, when you're looking for a hotel in a certain market, are you going on TripAdvisor and are you taking that... Do you take it with a grain of salt? Or are you really using it as a guide to book? I feel like people wait to complain on sites like that. So everybody's going to have a bad experience. My idea of a luxury property and somebody else who doesn't travel a lot's idea is completely different. So they could go on TripAdvisor and think, oh, well, this, this hotel was amazing, but I know better. So I don't, I take everything with a grain of salt. I don't, I look at TripAdvisor for sort of, what are things people say to do in the area? Because sometimes you won't find like Provo ponies in mm-hmm. Turks and Caicos is not something that pops up on a lot of websites, but they're big on TripAdvisor. And it's one of the most magical experiences. It was like $75 to ride a horse into the ocean. And while I'm riding my horse in that completely stunning turquoise water, my horse started swimming underneath me. I burst into tears. It was magic. 
It was 75 bucks. But I wouldn't have known that you could do that had I not seen it on TripAdvisor. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't trust reviews on TripAdvisor. I know. It's so true. And I really do think going straight to the source sometimes or really talking to someone who knows the market and knows what you like. And like when you were talking about earlier, what makes you excited as a VIP, people are going to know you. And I do find that with TripAdvisor sometimes. It's hard to get a sense of you know, the gripes and if it really is you know, someone that you resonate with and is the type of traveler that maybe you are. I like to look at the pictures on TripAdvisor because the real photos really show. I was looking at a hotel for our trip to Europe this summer and the hotel website is gorgeous. But from looking at the real traveler photos on TripAdvisor, I could tell that the pool, which is very important for Mm -hmm. me traveling with two kids, is really small, like really small. But I wouldn't have been able to tell that had I not looked... Yeah, no, TripAdvisor serves a great purpose, but you can't just go, oh, well, they got a bad review, so I'm going to believe that. Or somebody loved this, that means it's actually luxury. And when's the last time you had an amazing experience and went right to TripAdvisor and wrote a review? I mean, I don't even, I don't don't write on TripAdvisor, but I do have a group on Facebook called Luxury Travel Moms that's invitation only. And it's like a really, it's a closed group and it's a space for people who travel similarly with children to, to share their real real. It's like, yeah, no, don't go here. It says it's family friendly, but it's not. Or, you know, the pool is really small. That's awful. What? I'm curious. You're, you know, you have this closed Facebook group, the luxury travel mom audience. What are the things that are most important to them? What are the things that you're asked about most or you're, you're hearing about from this audience? Well, they want honesty, and that's why I think a lot of blogs fall apart, is when, you know, it's sort of become this space where hotels bring travel bloggers on a trip and then just expect the travel bloggers to write nice things. And the travel bloggers want another nice trip, so they write nice things about hotels that aren't really nice hotels, or they don't have a point of view that is the same as somebody who has maybe a keen eye. So they want the truth. And once you know the truth, then you can make a choice. You can say, okay, the the pool's really small. Fine, I'm okay with that. Or, okay, yeah, the Four Seasons doesn't have access on the monorail line. And their, um, their shuttle to Disney is not, you know, very convenient. But I'm willing to pay to have a car service take me every day. As long as you know the truth. So luxury then travels, you can make, they want to be informed. They want and then... the truth. The good truth, the bad truth. And it freaks hotels out when I write the truth because they think it's bad publicity. It's not. No, no place is 100% perfect. And everybody wants to know, what are the things that I need to know? The Four Seasons in Orlando doesn't have rollaway beds. So if you don't have a bed for every child and you're thinking, oh, well, I've got a large suite, I'll just get a rollaway bed, you're going to be disappointed when you find out they do not have rollaway beds on hotel property. So as long as you know that, then you're going to make a decision about where to book. And that's okay. Some people are like, that's fine. I'll just put my kids two to a bed or I'll book an extra room. It's when you don't know that it's really frustrating. And I've read reviews of places that I know are awful where travel bloggers have gone and they're like, this place is amazing. I'm just obsessed with it. They always use the word obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm like, I was there. I was obsessed with the fact that it sucks and you're (laughs) lying. That's what I'm obsessed with. 
No, I mean, it's the Condé Nast Traveler, the tagline, you know, many years, it goes many years back, the truth and travel. Truth and, and travel. And, you know, what we have today is more transparency than ever because there's more information available than ever. There's more opportunities but to share. But what information do you photos. trust? I know. What do you, who do you trust? Luxury travel mom. I trust, and, you know, Tiffany Dowd is one of the few people, Lux Tiffany. She's somebody that when I'm looking for a place in a country I don't know, I go straight to her because I trust her advice and I know that she's not going to lie to me. No, I think that that's, I think that that's so true. And so find those people, whether it's in the industry or, you know, similar type of travelers that might've been there that you can ask and read Luxury Travel Mom, of course. And so to end, what is the most VIP trip you've ever taken? Oh my goodness. I was lucky enough to go to the Maldives via Dubai in a business class seat on Emirates, which first of all, once you've flown business on Emirates, like your life is done. I know. It's amazing. They have Bulgari perfume in the bathroom. It's unbelievable. And then the properties that they have in Dubai and in the Maldives, I was at this hotel that I, I can't even describe it. it full-size Hermes bath products. We'll start there. And Jumeirah, I yeah, stay there too. <laughs> yeah, and the bathtub in my room, and I was alone, was so large, they said that, this, that you can have staff draw you a bubble bath. I'm like, well, why wouldn't I do that? So I called him. I'm like, you'll draw me a bubble bath? He's like, yes, ma'am. But it took him time to do it because the tub was so large, it took up two full hot water tanks worth of water. And then he filled it with bubbles. It was a hot bubble bath swimming pool that I had all to myself. The service, the overwater bungalows, it was just, it's, it's indescribable, the luxury that they give you at those properties. It's, it's like nothing I've ever seen. And Dubai, just in general, like the so whole, over the top. The whole city is over the top. It's like it's like the air like crackles with like this incredible energy. Yes. It is amazing. And I was all alone, which was I think also part of so the funny. luxury. I was I was all alone <laughs> in Dubai and the Maldives, alone on that business class Emirates flight, and thinking to myself, wow, you know, how <laughs> pinching myself truly. Because that is one of those moments that you you can't forget, no matter how much you've traveled or the experiences you've had, you know, flying on Emirates and going to Dubai, which is a city like no other, and then, you know, having that Maldives experience. It's insane. It's pretty incredible. It's insane. And it is, I, I do like to travel by myself occasionally so that I can, you know, luxury is also taking care of mom. It doesn't always have to be about the kids. And those flights, I literally, I thought, I, I was like, I could just fly to Dubai and back. It's a 14-hour <laughs> flight. This is a vacation. There's a nice woman who'll bring me champagne whenever I want. I can smell like Bulgari. They put a mattress over your seat. So your seat folds flat. And then when you want to sleep, they bring a mattress that goes over the flat seat. It's like, what is this magic? It really is magic. So... On that note, how can people find you? What is your site? How can any listeners find Kim Marie? If you just Google the words luxury travel mom, I'm the only one. And Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's all luxury travel mom. The website is luxurytravelmom.com. And I always tell people, I'm old fashioned. 
just send me an email. I'm happy. I answer reader questions all the time. And they're always surprised. They're like, I can't believe you answered me. I'm happy. This is, I love this stuff. Are you kidding me? This is what I want to talk about from morning till night. It's Kim hyphen Marie at luxurytravelmom.com. I'll answer any question. I'll give you all my best advice. There's nothing, nothing secret about it. I'm, I'm always happy to tell people how to do what I do. Thank you so much. You're amazing. And we are so happy to have you. And as we say here at JPR, and as I know Kim Marie believes, until next time, travel elevated. I love that. Thanks, Kim Marie. Thank you.